This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. I relate to this biracial comedian who's from the Midwest. Like, it's not there. I mean, that's what stand-up is for me. Getting through all that inner critic stuff. Oh, you going up? You going to be funny, huh? You going to be funny. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast. My name is Dina Nina. And I'm Lalita D. Hey, Lalita. Hey, Dina. What's up? Oh, my God. It's, you know, are we dropping this on November 8th? Uh, it will on Tuesday, the election Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the end if of you're... the world. Have you ever felt it as nigh as we feel it today, as Sunday, no. November 6th? No, I haven't. And... Uh... That makes me very stressed. <laughs> it's so stressful. And I'm curious, um, but not curious enough to find out. But nevertheless, I'm curious. Do people on the other side of the aisle, you know, the fascists, are they stressed too? Or are they just kind of excited? I think it's probably a little bit of both. You know, like everything is so close in so many races, like pivotal races. Mm-hmm that we're all just kind of on edge and it's okay so i got to perform for comedy for democracy on wednesday night here in madison Mm -hmm. and then i was on stage in chicago um thursday night but wednesday night i was saying i was on stage and you know like it being a get out the vote kind of event it was one of the things that i felt was important was kind of to to break it down as genuinely and it wasn't funny. The parts, parts of, I was hilarious, but that part wasn't, you know? (laughs) Oh, Dina, no need to state the obvious, honey. (laughs) But I'm like, you guys, if you believe that I should be able to exist without my life or rights being threatened every moment I walk through this world on this planet in this country, then get out and vote. Yeah. You know? And I and it really comes down to that. And I think a lot of people are still underestimating the fact that they are planning on getting rid of us. You know what I mean? And and if this year has taught us anything, is that they will do anything to keep control of the populace in the United States. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe there are a lot of things with the Democratic Party that need to be fixed, changed, switched. I think our two-party system is currently untenable. Yep. Um, I don't believe it's, it functions. This is not democracy right now anyway, but the only bit of democracy that we have right now is our vote. Mm-hmm. The only bit of democracy that we have is tying on a string and a lot of those strings are pulled to a direction that's not in correspondence with our understandings and identities because of gerrymandering, because of political action groups that have dominated the narrative 
For decades, the major corporations who are considered people but don't <laughs> chip in their own part, you know, this is a corporatocracy moving towards a corporate fascism. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm scared. And this is global. Yep. Absolutely. It's a global movement. Yep. My desire and my hope for humanity is that we stop being dicks to each other and we grow from this and realize that we need to take care of each other because when we take care of each other, we take care of ourselves. It's so bizarre that, I mean, if you think of like the Georgia race, that's at, you know, 47, 48 for both Warnock and Walker. I mean, the amount of people who somehow clearly think that Walker or, 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 um, uh, Pennsylvania, Boot Fetterman, and whatever you may think of him. The other guy is Mehmet Oz. I mean, what are we even talking about? Neck on neck. And so I think we were raised, and maybe that's a sign of privilege, but, you know, there's a, a, a bully in the classroom, or maybe yeah. there's two bullies in the classroom. But we're not raised in a world where half the fucking classroom is out to get you at every single opportunity. And it's just the fact that these races are so close is just so distressing, whatever the outcome. I mean, God willing, humanity will, will reign supreme here. But the fact that still, I mean, a third of people still think that Trump won the election. I mean, what is the matter with these people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, answer that. Also, um, audience, you lovely people, uh, it's going to get funny soon. We, yeah, I promise. It, it might. It it's, might. In, in, in our little script notes, it says banter. And it's like, what, what, <laughs> we messed up on that one. Is that This was not banter. By no metric was this banter. Tina, I, I, I did, it didn't say witty banter. It well, just said, it didn't say humorous banter. It just said banter. So we're it bantering. It didn't say banter about the apocalypse. Tell me something bantery, Dina. Like, did you shave your legs? Did you shave your pubes? What's going on down there? Tell not, me something. Not since 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of those have been accomplished in the last three well, years, two years. <laughs> I just I just need you to know I've been shaving my armpits. Um, which is you uh, thank you because I have one arm in a cast. Uh, and so shaving the right armpit, which is the arm that I don't have a cast on, requires some acrobatics. And I'm I'm proud of myself. I support the patriarchy and its need for me to have <laughs> hairless armpits so much that even in my state of temporary disability, I, I comply with the patriarchy. That's your Lalita D for you people. That's me. That's my mojo. Patriarchy here now and forever. <laughs> Amazing. You know, I I'm keep getting so many political texts and emails and everything, and I love them, and I love that people are doing things, and they're out there, and they're calling, and they're showing up, but man, it's exhausting. So I feel like all I want to do is reply to all the texts I get with a tip pick with a I voted today <laughs> sticker on it. Well, I'm going to be making phone calls this afternoon, so... Uh, people, good burgers of Wisconsin and Georgia. When you hear my cute Dutch accent, don't put the phone down. Just, <laughs> I don't mind people putting the phone down on me. Um, I uh, people swearing, I don't love. Um, pe a lot of people have robocalls now, so when they the phone knows that it's a it's a you know like an a list call kind of thing because there's an ever so slight delay, uh, and then you, and then you get some very weird robocalls. So you get like 
um, the 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 person you're speaking to, which is not a person, it's a machine, like impersonating Trump, but it's very what? realistic. So they're like, hi, uh, where are you phoning from? And so you think you're talking to a person and then you realize, no, you're talking to a machine that is pretending it's Trump. Um, it's a waste of time. It's very unsettling. And um, yeah. I haven't received one of those. I'm so glad I have. No, no, it's only when you call someone. So if people Mm. feel they get too many phone calls from people like myself, like activists, they put that on their phone in response. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Weird. Weird. People saying, well, I was going to vote Democrat, but I've had so many phone calls. Now I'm not. Like, okay, boo-hoo, you know, we'll stop phoning now, everybody, because of you having your little... I mean, what a weird activism moment. I was going to be a responsible citizen. I was going to exercise my democratic rights, but now I'm not because you called me. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's so excessive, though. It really is. Yeah, I get that. And I'm worried about this afternoon because these lists are shared between organizations, but we can't they're not quickly enough updated. And so the same people get phone calls from 15 different organizations. Yeah, I get it, Dean. Yeah. I just don't answer your phone then, I guess. <laughs> and there are, I get all texts pretty much. Text. Okay, well, that's um, a little bit better. But uh, it's really annoying. But the people sending these texts and calling speaking as someone who makes those phone calls, we just want democracy to be sustained. We're not out there to annoy you. So please remember that. Amen. Yes. I could could think of better things to do with my Sunday afternoon, but actually I can't think of anything better to do with my Sunday afternoon than to save democracy. Yes, absolutely. Amen. Thank you. Praise, praise, (laughs) praise the mother. And I chose to be a citizen (laughs) of this great nation. I know. So I just watched a video of one of your jokes and I was like, oh my God, that was so funny. I can't even (laughs) deal with it. (laughs) If you want to see my take on voting and voting responsibilities, go to Instagram at Lalita D comedy uh, and you'll see them there. Yes. Uh, That was also, um, you know, when I do these kind of political jokes, you always have to feel out the audience a little bit. Um, But these people were so up for it. This was actually um, the clip that that was from was a, a benefit for mission hospice uh, mm. in Redwood City in the Bay Area. Um, and so the people were there because, um, you know, they have loved ones in hospice or they've recently lost loved ones and they were there to raise funds for this hospice. And so we were all a bit nervous, like, okay, is this crowd going to be up to laugh? But boy, were they ever. It's really one of the best shows I've ever done. It was super fun. That's so, amazing. yeah. yeah. Um, so to- $100 for the mission house. Yes. Amazing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So go over to listen to Lalita D on Instagram and you want to see a tip pick with a I voted today sticker on it. Go to Instagram at Dina Nina XO. There we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to have to post that now, aren't I? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you are. All right. Well, Dina, what's been happening? Let me tell you the first thing I saw this morning yes, uh, when I looked at the news. Um, my former nation, the Netherlands, is well known for 
sex work, drugs, tulips, I think probably in that order, more or less. Yes. <laughs> but we are also known for having bicycles. Uh, and uh, my beautiful former fellow country people uh, went and did a protest at Amsterdam Airport, which is known as, or which is actually called, okay, everybody, listen up, listen up, Schiphol. Say it with me now, Schiphol. 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 Um, and they they were trying to um, prevent private planes from taking off because they're just so incredibly uh, wasteful and bad for the environment. And how did they do it, Dina? They did it on their bicycles. It's just go check out the footage. It's just all these cyclists going around the runway. Oh, my God, it's the best. Uh, and so I was very happy to see that, although some of them, of course, did get. Um, you know, beaten up a little by the security guards of because, course. yeah, of course. I just want to see them like throwing drugs and tulips while they're <laughs> doing it. They totally would throw tulips. It's not the season, Dina. November okay, is not tulip season. So, you know, whatever Trader Joe's may tell you, it just isn't. <laughs> it's not? It's not. <laughs> I thought what all is- year round was tulip season there. <laughs> You know, one time when I was in India, I was uh, buying carrots and it was May and I said, I need some carrots. And the guy looked at me and he was like, we don't have any carrots. And I said, well, you know, okay, well, supply chain issues. I don't know. When are they coming? And he looked at me and he said, December. (laughs) (laughs) And it had never crossed my mind that the carrot is seasonal. These are the way that we are raised with vegetables from all around the world. Uh, is a profoundly problematic. Okay, anyway, Dina, what have you got? <laughs> so um, this week, Aaron Carter and Takeoff both passed away, both in two different terrible situations. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just wanted to say we'll miss them. I'm very small. T- I'm tired today because I've been on the road, so I may not be as positive and jumpy and cute. Oh, my God, Dina, I'm trying to get you back on banter. Why don't you go? People <laughs> I'm like dead people. <laughs> There was also a shooting yesterday in a bar in Philadelphia. Like, I'm just... (laughs) And I don't mean to laugh at that, but, like, every day there's a goddamn shooting and people aren't able to take care of their mental health situation because we don't have access. And I still think we have so far to go as a human species. We're all going to (laughs) die. Well, people, you heard it here first. (laughs) It is however, an un, un, uh, an un, what's the word? Uh, you can't argue with it. Truth that uh, <laughs> we are all going to die. It's just a matter yeah. of when and how. Um, <laughs> I got the bill. So I had, um, uh, as I think you all know, I broke my arm playing pickleball. Mm-hmm. Best sport in the world. Um, broke my arm, and uh, so that was very, you know, like. Uh, you know, gave gave it a lot of street cred, I think. Um, and then I had to have surgery because it was a quote unquote complicated break, uh, which of course uh, that is what I do. I have complicated breaks, uh, and I got the surgery <laughs> bill, Dina, and um, it was forty nine thousand dollars. Um, spoiler alert: I don't have to pay that because I am extremely blessed to have good health insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bit that really gets to me is I still have to pay one hundred and fifty. Like, why? How can they? If somebody's paying forty nine thousand dollars to the hospital, why can't they throw in the one fifty? I know. Yes, because that that means something to me. Like one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. is a substantial chunk of cash for me, and the company that's paying 
the hospital 49,000. Why can't they pay them 49,150? Like, I just literally don't understand how that works. Uh, but in the meantime, the healthcare situation in this country, I mean, there is just no metric by which that costs $49,000. I was there for five hours, Dina. Yeah, no. It's, I... it's, it's, it's so pumped up. It's so completely unrealistic. And uh, it kills people who don't have access to insurance. So it's all wrong. Uh, but in the meantime. Yeah. And even insurance. Like, I think insurance is, like, the biggest scam ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it all bolsters itself. Yeah. Right? And you pay, you pay, you pay. You never get to use your insurance. And then when you do... Like, it doesn't cover half of the shit that you need done. And then it costs you still out of pocket. And also, like, come the fuck on. (laughs) $49,000 to make your arm better? Forget about someone who has cancer or needs, like, a major, major surgery. Or has to go there constantly for medical procedures. Like, it's stupid. It's... Like... Universal healthcare now, people. It's yes, so yes. Um, but our lovely governor, handsome, no Newsom, uh, oh. Governor Newsom, uh, he sent me seven hundred dollars, and he didn't even tell me about it. You'd think that if you're going to give people tax credits a week before the election, you'd mention it. Like, but I didn't. I didn't hear anything about it. But I looked at my bank account to try and figure out where that one fifty was going to come from, and there was seven hundred dollars I didn't know I was going to get. And I'm like, okay, what's this? And like, I had a whole bunch of letters in the description, so I copied and pasted them into Google, and I found out it's a California family tax credit. And because I'm a single mom, I qualified. And I'm like, well, that's so that's so nice. Now I know where that 150 is going to come from. Thank you, Gavin. And also, do you want to publicize this maybe when people are still wondering? Who, you know, that's kind of a nice thing to do. The next day, Dina, I get in my car. I can't drive very well with one arm, but I can do very short distances. And I had this massive crack in my windshield. <gasps> And so I had to have that replaced, and that was $500. So thank you, Gavin. You paid for my surgery and my windshield, and now I'm back to zero. I love that man. (laughs) (laughs) I love that man. And if you're in Wisconsin, if if you're in Wisconsin and you think that Tim Michaels will do that as governor, you can kind of bet that it will never happen because he is a jerk and all he wants is us dead. I know it's terrible. They're what probably... am I, Debbie Downer today? Dina Downer today. <laughs> Dina Downer. Hey, but Dina, we're talking about money. We're talking yes. about downers. Did you play? Admit it. Did you play the Powerball on Saturday? I, I have been a, a lottery player intermittently throughout my life. I have not. I did not play the Powerball this week. Well, nobody won it. So now it's, it's $1.9 billion. Can you imagine getting that money? I can. I mean, I don't even sure about can you I wish they would just say, okay, we're gonna give I can't do the math, but 10,000 people a million or whatever that is. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. nobody needs that much. It's just wrong. Nobody right. needs that kind right. of money. And nobody's gonna be happy with that kind of money either. It may feel amazing for a bit. But then you're going to get all the the crap that comes with being that wealthy. So I feel, but of course, I am a socialist. The Powerball should be chopped up into lots and lots and lots of one million or even 500,000 or whatever. But then people wouldn't play. And the stupid thing is, I'm thinking, oh, I should get a couple of tickets. I mean, the chances of winning it are no greater when there's 1.9 billion at stake or one cent. It's exactly the same 
yeah. probability, which is one in 300 million or something like that. So 300 billion, or it's it's ridiculous. I mean, but someone will win it at some at point. At some point. So if it just happens to be me, cool, cool. Um, I could do good things with that money. Also, I could exist. <laughs> and remain, you know, like, I'm like, do y'all are y'all ready for me to stimulate the economy? Because here we go. <laughs> I buy everybody I can iPads and computers and pay their rents. And I I don't know, like, I want to be that. I want to be that person. But I also want to build my commune and stay away from humans because um, the way it looks like right now, y'all are shitty. <laughs> I love you guys. I am all about love. Today, my shirt, I was going to wear my Mandela Barn shirt today because, you know, but I'm currently wearing a shirt that says love, love, love. Oh, you're not so, oozing that energy, really, but I know you I mean, will what do you mean? out of your funk. <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm just really tired. <laughs> of course, you've been on the road doing shows. That's, it, yeah. it comes with the territory. We know. So Oprah weighed in on the midterms. Did you she hear about would? that? No. What did she say? She had. She really doesn't weigh in a lot on political things. This I don't think this way, right? And so she's she's coming out and she was like, you know, if I were voting in Pennsylvania, I would vote for Fetterman. She made Oz's career. You know, like I'm like that's a wow. Okay, shake it up, Oprah. And she goes, if I were in Wisconsin, I'd vote for Tony Evers and Mandela oh. Barnes. If I were in Georgia, I'd vote for Stacey Abrams and, in. Know, and Warnock. And she weighed in hard. And I don't think I've ever seen her weigh in that hard because she was like, I want you to vote your values and compassion. And these are the people that I would vote for. And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> I was very happy about it. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, Oprah is, is not usually political at all. And she has such an enormous audience that she can't afford to be. But good for her. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, you know, yay. Yay. <laughs> Let's hope it makes a little difference. <laughs> um, because, and you look at Wisconsin's um, race right now. Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson are neck and neck, and Tony Evers and Tim Michaels are neck and neck. And the outlook right now seems that the um, Wisconsin legislature could have um, a Republican supermajority, which will mean that nothing gets accomplished. And um, that's not what government is all about. Government's about making changes and making advancements and working together to accomplish things that to try to make the planet better or the world our country better right i listened to um an npr program and it had the it was about the elections um like the the logistic of elections and the way that poll watchers are now being recruited by parties to disrupt and and it's of course not all parties not even the republicans i mean that wing of the republicans but they had the I forget her title, but she's like the election watcher um, from Utah, Republican. Mm -hmm. 
And Dina, she was so reasonable. And she was like, well, you know, a, a democracy, everybody should get to vote. Nobody should be intimidated. Our job is to make sure everybody votes. That is what democracy is about. And I was like, oh, my God, this woman is the best person ever because the bar for Republicans is so low that so just low. because she sounded semi-decent, mm -hmm. like I was ready to marry her. I was like, this is my girl. This mm -hmm. is amazing. I'm moving to Utah. I'm becoming a Republican. I'm... <laughs> all about it now it's ridiculous <laughs> you're like i'm gonna become a republican sister wife i am <laughs> i love it so much don't manifest that don't manifest never that. never cancel 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 <laughs> my woo-woo-ness is coming no, out again it's, it's it's like ron johnson versus mandela barnes it's like it's like saying Okay, you can eat this really shitty ice cream that's been frozen and refrozen a million times, and somebody already ate half of it, and it's in some crappy plastic, and a dog pooped on it, and then a car rode it over, and that's the ice cream you can have. Or here is a brand new Magnum bar, yeah. freshly made, double chocolate, extra caramel. Which one? It was like, oh god, this is tight, difficult decision, difficult. What the fuck? I mean, and just boiling that race down to the trait narrative, um, Mandela's hot. <laughs> so my one of the things that I appreciate about his text is that he generally includes, includes a photograph. And I'm like, I'm just going to have it synced to my Wi-Fi vibrator and just keep his pictures on heavy rotation. That's my political stance. You guys are welcome. Go vote. Get out and vote. And let's end this top, this whole thing on a high note. Can we yes. end on a high note? Yes. Dolly Parton <gasps> has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It feels like really that hadn't happened before. But she, she was like, I guess I'm a rock star. I mean, like how cute and amazing and congratulations. And everybody deserves a little dolly in their life. <laughs> it's true though. She is just so beautiful in all, in all aspects. Exactly. Who Can she be our president? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I could go with that. I want her and Michelle Obama in office, like stat. That's my dream. Tomorrow. Let's make Tomorrow. that happen. November 8th. Right in. You're right in option. <laughs> Let's have a dollyocracy. <laughs> That's all I want. We should get a t-shirt. I'm part of the dollyocracy. Oh Let's God. do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. We're going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back. Hello everyone, Dina Nina here, and guess what? Election night is right around the corner and we are hosting a live election night coverage event that is going to just be amazing. Everything starts at 7 p.m. Tuesday, November 8th with Lolita D, Felicia Minor, and a host of lovely guests. Go to dinanina.com to find out more. You're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast on the Artemis Bow Network. We would love to hear from you. You can give us an email at info at ilovefunnywomen.com or you can find us on the socials and tag at I Love Funny Women and at Artemis Bow Network. And now, back to the show. <laughs> 
Well, we are back. Once again, if you haven't voted, please go out and vote. I don't care how you vote, but I care that you vote for people like me and Lolita and funny women. Vote yeah, for funny women. We're funny women, lesbian, trans women, all all just, you know, yeah. Just, and if and if they're not there, then just, you know, I mean, it's okay to vote for a man, if, but then they have to be hot. This is Dina's. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate to call the Reverend Raphael Warnock hot. I, feel I mean, like, but yeah. He's got B- BPE, big preacher energy, and I'm all about it. I'm. <laughs> what about Petterman? Is he your kind of guy? A lot of tattoos. Um, the thing about Fetterman is he seems like somebody I would love to date because he's just really down to earth. Him showing up in in like cargo shorts, granted, you know, it's been a while, but he's just a dude, right? Like, and I, I, I love that he's just a person. Yeah. I, I love that. But, you know, between Mandela Barnes and Beto, it would be kind of difficult to... <laughs> <laughs> And you guys, tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, tonight we are doing live coverage of the election from 7 to 9 Central. And you can go to dinanina.com to watch there. Or you can go to my YouTube. um, Just look at DinaNinaXO. And we will be going live there. And Lalita D will be chatting with us. Felicia Miner from Arizona will be in. I believe Michelle Cantu from uh, San Antonio will be popping in. Uh, Greg Potter, he's uh, in South Africa at the moment, but he's getting up at 3 a.m. to join us. And he's going to be on with us. And then we should have a couple of drop-ins. I'm not a thousand percent sure if anybody else is going to drop in, but I have some invitations out. So hopefully we'll get some political candidates or people that work on in politics to kind of weigh in with us as well as a couple of other funny people around the country. So. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to do that with you, Dina. Now you don't drink. I don't drink. Uh, I feel that we need shots like every, so I think I'm going to get some ginger beer. I think I have some fancy ginger beer in my fridge. I'm going to save that. I'm going to get a little shot glass. Uh, and every time something terrible happens, I'm going to take a shot. And every time something, every time something good happens, I'm going to take a shot as well. Ginger I'll beer. just take a shot of estrogen every time. I'll just be like, Jink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 10 more milligrams or or whatever species whatever this i don't know i'll just give myself a shot okay cool (laughs) shot 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 (laughs) well today i got to talk to an incredible comedian i've known her for a very very long time uh she and i worked together at a restaurant in los angeles and she has been really killing it on the comedy scene in los angeles and i'm really excited to welcome um, this comedian, she's been on Hulu, Fox's Laughs, Laughs on Fox, and uh, Comedy Central. So here is my interview with the phenomenal. Oh, also, our birthdays are a day apart, so we're super Taurus. It's great. <laughs> I'm a lot older than her, but anyway, uh, please welcome our guest today, Christine Little. Woo! Oh my God! Hello. Birthday twin. Birthday twin, May 1st, all day. Oh, I'm May 2nd. So we're birthday. Birthday fraternal twins, which doesn't count. It does. (laughs) One of my best friends growing up, her birthday was May 2nd. It's a good, it's a good day. Those, those two days are good. 
Except this year, I got food poisoning and had to go to the hospital. And I was like, you're telling me I could have drank water? Dude, that means you probably lost so much weight. No. Oh, you didn't do it right. It's true. I did not do it right. (laughs) I lost five pounds and immediately gained it back the moment I could open my mouth again. Oh, God. I'm so sorry to hear about that food poisoning. No, it's fine. It happens. So, Christine, you're originally from Indiana, right? That is correct. The rumors are true. I'm originally from Indiana. Uh, My condolences. (laughs) Well, I don't live there anymore. (laughs) Nothing against the place except for I hated all the tornadoes. I did. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I love the Midwest. I'm really oh. enjoying it because like, I, and this is one of my jokes, so I'm going to do a bit for you. <laughs> I love that I moved to Wisconsin and I could eat without people looking at me like I was Kirstie Alley. That's... Uh. that's <laughs> <laughs> so You got all that cheese there. Yes, ma'am. Oh, And jelly. beer and boys and... Cheese, beer, and boys, bitches. All a lady needs. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about how you got into stand-up. Okay, yeah. So I uh, originally, uh, well, I, I don't know how far back to go, but uh, psychology. When you were birthed. <laughs> I was born, my mom said that I was a funny baby. She and if your mom says it. <laughs> she, I believe her because she wouldn't give me undo props um, <laughs> so i i uh i came out here to to los angeles to study acting at this school called the ada american academy of dramatic arts i just found out one of our teachers died the other day so oh, bummed no. judith Bohannon. she was amazing but uh, i really liked comedy and i was like i want to do comedic acting and then from there i went into sketch and then i had this crazy manager who's like if you want to do comedy you need to do stand-up and so I was like, okay. So I took a stand-up class and we had the graduation show and I had a, such a great show. And I was like, oh, okay, this feels right. So mm. I kind of leaned more into that. I still do the acting, but comedy, it's like I have so much more control of when I get to perform. Um, it's like confidence boosting. It, it's it's a game changer for me. Yeah. yeah. That was a weird story, but that's how I got into it. That was not a weird story. <laughs> I think I'll be the judge of if it's a weird okay. story. Okay. It's a weird story. It's a very weird story. So weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it because you've been doing it for a very long time and you tour the country and you're performing all the time, it seems. I'm trying to. I'm working on it. It's been a little challenging uh, getting my calendar as full as pre-pandemic. Um, but I'm working on it, doing better shows because it's like, I don't want to die for, you know, a bar show. Um. (laughs) Really? I mean, I feel like (laughs) if I die for anything, I want to die for a bar show. I want to die for a bar show. (laughs) Uh, Tell me about like who, what woman was like your biggest inspiration as you started to develop in comedy and just in life. Dude, I did not know that I needed to have a woman. That was my biggest inspiration. Um, I'm sorry, I should have warned you. <laughs> no, it's okay. Because I'm like trying to think. I'm like, who was it? I think it was this chick I saw every freaking day in the mirror. Christina. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> Bring it. 
I didn't mean it to be like a statement like that, but um, off the top of my head, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to to keep doing it. I don't know if there, it's hard to say because there's not a lot of women who are like, I mean, there's a million guys doing stand-up comedy. There's not like a million women to choose from and be like, I relate to this biracial comedian who's from the Midwest. Like it's not there. So, um, so it's you, it's you. I guess, but yeah. I don't want to be, yeah, I guess it is me just because I didn't want to work at a bar anymore. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I get that it's a being lot. Being really stubborn, you get that too. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I wanted to keep plugging away and I have this like determination. Um, sometimes my, how can I say this? not my like self esteem my self esteem needs to like rise to the level it it's been a process of having that rise to the level of my like determination and i feel like that's what a big part of this process has been for me and i think that would happen with any field that you really love and want to excel in is it's going to bring up everything for you internally for you to work on to get through uh and it has to be something that you love enough to where you're going to keep going to go through all that pain and all that hard negative self-talk in your head the way I look yeah because like one bomb can put me in a funk for a month yeah if I don't have it, a really good show after that yeah and it's not just the bomb it's like the other people it's like what I'm imagining they're thinking or saying or about me or like there's just this perpetual like feeling that has come up of not good enough, not good enough. Oh, I don't have this because I'm not good enough. And it's like, oh no, you're not asking. Mm. Well, I guess there's that's a part of it. But <laughs> but yeah, just like getting past those inner critics in my head. And yeah, yeah a bomb can set you back. But I kind of just with that, I have had shows recently where I'm like, I didn't love that. Even if it was a good show, I'm like, I wasn't my best. So that's yeah. hard, but yeah. you have another show lined up and take so, the edge off. So what are ways that you're learning to cope with your inner critics right now? What are what are you doing to really build yourself back so that every time you your setback time is diminished? How do you do that? Oh, that's a great question. I uh, I'm working with a coach right now, and one of them said to uh had me do this thing where I say to myself 20 times a day, I just started, I am worthy and I am enough. And also um, to move is, past the fear. Hmm? Is that a comedy coach? It's not a comedy coach. It's like a Amy a Linden business coach. I love Amy oh, Linden. I love Amy Linden. She's incredible. I love her. I took I took some of her classes. I would love to do that again, but um it's not her. Okay. But yes. I was like that totally sounded like her, so I was like <laughs> Yes. Yes. I could totally see her saying that. She's incredible. Um and then also like going doing like kind of the contrary action of um being afraid and doing it anyway. Like mm -hmm one of the things I had to do is like make a list of people I know and like ask them for stuff. And that was very uncomfortable. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Especially, my body is like, <laughs> especially in the entertainment industry, it's 
even more awful because I think we feel like we're, we don't want to ask too much or like make somebody feel like they have to do somewhat something or, or you ask. And then all of a sudden you're like, they just started talking shit about me to all their friends and said, don't do anything she asked you to do. You're like that. That's kind of what. Has that happened to you? No, but that's how I feel when I like, I feel bad for asking for things, especially like, unless I can, you know, do a trade or something. And I Mm -hmm. think that might come from being an entrepreneur. Like, like I want to do a fair trade with somebody, but like when you're trying to get your toe in the door, when you're trying to get somebody to just read your script and you're thinking they get approached all the time to read this script, they get approached all the time for this. They get approached all the time for this. Why would they do it for me? Right. Is that, Uh, does, is that kind of familiar Absolutely. So I have a couple things to say about that. So one thing my coach had me do is take this like saboteur test. And it's like that we all have these inner saboteurs and some are stronger than the other. And so I took this quiz to see like what mine were. And one of my strongest one, my, I think I have one strongest one and then three were tied for second place. (laughs) So when I hear that, I'm like, okay, that's an inner critic. That's a, that's a story. So one of mine was, um, it was, it it had something to do with FOMO. It was like something about doing a bunch of different things. It's something about being unfocused. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. And then, um, there were some other ones about avoidance and perfectionism and something else. So now when they come up, I'm like, okay, which one is that? And then also like some mental reframing around it. Like, um, think of it like you're, my coach said, think of it like you're solving a problem for them. You know, you're putting them on this pedestal when you say, oh, I'm bothering them or they did this for me or whatever. It's like, no, you're solving a problem for them. They need a good script. You have a good script. You can help them with that. So that, that helps some. And also like having someone in my corner, like that I'm accountable to, who's mm-hmm. like, this is your homework, do this. And you know, the perfectionist in me that, that works with that. I'm like, I can do all my homework, you know? Right. Right. So like finding ways that motivate yourself and like setting up systems. Like I'm really motivated to buy like money, which is so wild. But if I pay for something, I'm going to get my money's worth. If I'm investing a bunch of money into something. I'm like, I'm going to do what they told me to do because mm. I'm not wasting my money mm. on excuses, right? If I pay right. a couple hundred dollars for something, then I'm going to get my money's worth for it. And that sometimes that's what taking a class or hiring a coach or, or, or whatever is about is putting your money where your mouth is and just that accountability alone. Yeah. Ooh, I did not know we were going to get so deep. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's kind of what stand up is for me is like getting through all that inner critic stuff. And it's so loud. I have, you know, I think sometimes I have body dysmorphia, but also I have set dysmorphia and like whole person dysmorphia where I'm like, I see it this way. And people are like, I don't see you like that at all. I'm like, yeah. well, you're wrong. <laughs> I am right. <laughs> I am right. I'm not sure if you got the memo. Then it. Do you find that with acting you get the same inner critic response, or is it primarily comedy? Mm. I think I think I get it with both, but with acting, 
With comedy, it's different because you get the um, immediate reaction from people. They either laugh or they don't laugh. With acting, you're sitting in a tape and oh, yeah. God, I tapes. feel like I've bombed way more auditions than I've bombed like on stage. I think that's funny because I feel like I've had some really amazing auditions and then crickets. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't, and I feel like I have that, I have more of the self-critic around acting than mm -hmm. I do in comedy. I mean, I have moments, obviously, but, but I feel with acting because even though I started out doing acting, I kind of was away for so long. And then comedy feels to me like I get so much validation from audiences like which i don't yeah. know if is healthy um <laughs> to my, there's my a reason we do this but right yes. <laughs> and i get so much validation from that and i feel like that's my sphere of for, sphere of genius is what what they call it i mean i don't think i'm a genius but i so i spent eight months as a restaurant manager and it was great but also terrible yeah. because i'm sitting i'm standing here i'm de dedicating all my time um, overtime, all the, you know, every, even when I'm not working, I'm working and I didn't have as much of a chance to work on the things that I'd love to do and what I had been doing for a living for a while. And so that made me realize that I love being on stage. Yeah. I hate working with Mel Comics, but I love being on stage. You know, I had a similar thing when I was, I actually started a cocktailing job and stand up like at the same time, <laughs> a cocktailing job, which happens at night. So my fear and with the last job I had too, is like, wait a second, I'm getting my 10,000 hours in this instead of this, but our brains, we naturally gravitate to where the structure is. And as an entrepreneur, which is essentially what we are, we have to create that structure. And if we don't have that structure, we're going to go where it's easiest. And that's going to be, oh, you show up at this time and you do this. And these are the rules. And if this happens, then this happens. And with stand-up, it's like you you have to create your own material. You you, pr you promote yourself. You've got to get booked on stuff. You've got to manage your finances. Like it's, you know, even if you if you go on tour, you got to plan that out. If you don't have like the reps and you got to find reps and like it, there's so much to do that it can be so overwhelming. So it's easier to gravitate towards a structured job mm -hmm. than it is to just yeah. get up and do your thing. Because when I go to a job, I know exactly what I'm going to make exactly. each, each week. Yeah. Whereas being an entrepreneur, being especially a creative entrepreneur, we have yeah. to do everything Yeah, if we don't have reps. Yeah, we sometimes have to do even if you do have reps and figure out how to do it and do the the creative aspect as well. And so yeah. it's it's a, we have to learn how to write a run a business, you know. It's true. Why don't more people talk about that? Like I've been talking about this for years and I I think one of the things when all of us get into it, we get into it for the love of art. We get into anything yeah. creative for the love of of that art. And we, we aren't told this is a business. You are an entrepreneur. How do you approach your career as an entrepreneur? Yeah, exactly. And like, how do you manage it? Like, I don't know. You got to get organized. Like I, I like in my last job, I was a TMS technician, which is a treatment for depression. Why are you laughing? I'm not. No, I was like, oh. I don't even know what that is. It's a treatment for depression. 
It stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. I have a podcast episode about it. Yeah, it's not like a masturbation thing. Um, but it's like it's a treatment for depression. And they like part of what I loved about it was like the organization and like the files and knowing where things were and how to do like that felt really good. And I was like, man, I want to be doing this with comedy and with acting. So I do have some spreadsheets of like, you know, logging the money I make and not as great of like what I spend, but I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a business and we have yeah. to look at it like that. And it's hard because we're the product. Yeah. <laughs> I need 17 more Christine stat. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> so you have a podcast called um, A Little Advice. Yeah. And that is so adorable. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, it's a podcast that I do not keep up with regularly that I've changed the script with several times over several seasons. And like the last couple episodes I did were just solo episodes about me. And I don't know if I did them in the middle of the night or what, just kind of talking because that's scary. And so I'm like, sure, I'll just do that. Whatever. If it's scary, I'm like, who's listening to this anyway? I know that's such a negative way to look at it, but I don't know. It kind of helps me to think like, no one cares about you. Like, just go out and put your stuff out there. That helps me to put things out there. I'm like, there's a million people in the world. No one gives a crap what I'm doing, you know? (laughs) But the the initial premise of the podcast was like, uh, I am a certified life coach. Or I, I was, I guess. I don't know, many years ago. And so I would have other comics come on and and help them with a problem. And then I would uh, ask them about their creative process, partially because I'm like, oh, what's my creative process? Do I need to like do what they're doing? <laughs> and so that was helpful. And then it became, <laughs> I don't know what it turned into, but it's something that I, I'll put out sporadic episodes. I'm not like you or I've got like this, boom, every week I got headphones, I got a microphone, I got guests. I'm scheduling, you know, like yeah. not anymore. So it's just something that'll that'll come out every every now and then. But like yeah, that. I'm mainly focusing on doing uh, videos and I do lives on Facebook sometimes, or I use this platform called Restream.io. So I can do a live that goes to Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter at the same time. So um, nice. Like that's kind of like a podcast. It's just me like cooking something and not really showing it and just rambling for a long time. And that's scary, but fun or it's fun now. Yeah. Good. People interacting with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's cool. Like they're typing and saying stuff and they know me and they like know my isms and stuff. Like the jokes I always tell, like, you know, like, uh, Baker, I don't even know her. Like, so I do that about every two syllable word that ends in ER. And so they're starting to do it. It's fun. Nice. That's so fun. So what's next for Christine Little? What's next for me? I um I'm really excited. I so one of my lists, I I hit up uh, a big comic and asked to open for her. So (gasps) yeah. So I I have a gig with her um it was uh, I don't know if I can say I can I say like is that weird I think you could say I don't know 
but for Leslie Jones. So, Shut up. Yeah, I, I know her I from the comedy her. store. Like I saw her the first time I, I went up at the comedy store. It was open. First of all, comedy store is like one of the scariest comedy clubs on the planet, but also one of the most famous comedy clubs. First mm-hmm. of all, it's haunted, but that's besides the point. Secondly, it's like uh, there's this room called the OR, the original room, and it's just a room that is intimidating. And there's like comedians all around the back. Everyone wants to get on that stage and it's like pressure filled. It's just like weird energy and you get tourists in there. So those are kind of like hard crowds because they're from all over. So like, you don't know who you're talking to really. Um, But yeah, before I went up, I got up on the the lottery and she's like, oh, you going up? You going to be funny, huh? You going to be funny? I was like, oh. Oh, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> it was so scary. So, so like have an opportunity to open for her is like is huge. And yeah, yeah I'm scared, but also like excited. Also, like I, because I look back at when we started, and like she was at improv all the time, and and you know, yeah, sure. yeah the comedy store. And I remember just she was so freaking cool and so talented. And when I first saw her really hitting, I was like, I am so glad she deserves it. Dude, I was like, about time. Like, yes, it was so inspirational, too. It's like, man, how is this woman who's so funny, not extremely famous? So, like, when she popped, it was like, yeah, duh. But she was ready, too. She was so, she was more than ready. So that was, was great to see really really great to see well congratulations it's inspirational you know it's like totally doing it just keep going up i keep watching all my friends like start getting breaking and i'm like it's fine what's for me will come to me (laughs) you know like (laughs) that was that is i think one of the biggest things that kind of that my coach said was probably blocking me from my own success was just these feelings of like jealousy I get jealous I'm like oh or or also it feels like there's a spotlight on me about how bad I am to where I'm not making it and I'm like embarrassed mm-hmm. but, he, but he, he told me to cho- change that like um jealousy embarrassment or whatever to joy for them like it yeah. was you know my brother or something I'm like oh I can be happy for my brother unless he starts doing stand-up and then he pops then I won't be happy for him <laughs> I mean I'll kind of be happy for him but also like really You're jealous like- I but, am very happy for you, bro. <laughs> I'm like, you just started and you, okay. Yeah, that's great. I, I think if anything that this year has done for me, it's really given me perspective on that. Like what's for me will come to me. If it's not my time, it's not my time. Everything right. will come together the way it's supposed to be. And if I have, if I'm not on television, the whole country doesn't know my name. That's okay. Cause I love what I do. And as long as I can just, you know, as as long as I can, you know, thrive and do whatever I need to do to just stay in the space, then that's what I need to do. Right. Yeah. And then anyway. I two things. Rejection is God's protection, which I've heard. I'm like, is it? Okay, I hope so. And then um, also being famous seems like a pain in the ass. So it's. So I'm like, like small town famous and I love it. Enjoy the obscurity. Yeah. Well, it's like people build you up just to tear you down. And they're like, ah, you know, so it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be JLo, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to be one of these big, big people to where like, 
you can't live your yeah. life, you know, but to each their own. For a week would be great. Yeah. <laughs> or a certain area. It's like, wow, this is great. But yeah. Christine, you're awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I know you and I'm so glad we got to catch up. Me too. I can't believe you're out there in Wisconsin. I'm gonna have to come I mean... out there. Yes. There's so many hot guys that I know that come from Wisconsin. So I want to, I definitely want to go out there. And they leave or they get married. Uh, uh, yeah, I want to go to Wisconsin. Yeah, come on. Let's do something. Okay. Yeah. I will. I'll we'll plan it. that out. Okay. Good shows out there. Um, I, My shows are great. Oh, okay. I mean, I I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I'm going to have to come yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where can people find you? You're all over socials and all over socials. I really need views on my Facebook reels. Yes, I'm still on Facebook. It's still a thing. I am an old head, but they be paying money. So look for me, Christine Little Comedy on there, my page, and then on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, which I'm like getting a little heat on TikTok, uh, at the X Teen Little, which is X as in xylophone, T-I-N-E, as in the half last part of Christine, Little, like my last name. Well, awesome to catch up. Thank you so much. And you have an amazing day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dina Nina, and you can find me on all the socials at Dina Nina XO. I have been Lalita D. I'm on Instagram at Lalita D Comedy. That's Lalita D Double E Comedy. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but a little bit less active, uh, especially Twitter now. I mean, I don't even have that blue check. And I mean, what? <laughs> Just find me on Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> the ethical choice. <laughs> Yes, totally. You can follow I Love Funny Women on all the socials at I Love Funny Women. And of course, this is a production of the Artemis Bow Network. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Recording ended. <laughs>